This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you love riding a motorcycle, you want to ride it everywhere, even getting a dental checkup. Mr. Carter, wouldn't you prefer the chair? I'm fine on my bike, Doc. Well, let me know if you feel any discomfort. And when you love saving money, you want to save even more. That's why GEICO makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance. All done, Mr. Carter. Remember to brush, floss, and lubricate your drive chain regularly. Kickstart your savings with GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love. You're listening to the West End Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West End Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and XWH employee. This week we can finally reflect on a win. Two, in fact, with the latest coming at Villa Park. We talk about the performance, what Moyes got right, what Moyes got wrong, the trouble with Jared Bowen, the excellence of Kurt Zuma, Tottenham on Wednesday and our trip to Denmark before getting news from X and answering questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. X, at last we see a goal, at last we see a clean sheet, and at last we see a win. One that was away from home on what was our 1,000th Premier League game. What did you think of the game at Villa Park? Um, it wasn't our greatest of performances, I would have said, particularly first half. I thought um, we were a bit cold, for want of a better word, first half. There wasn't really much opportunities created. Um, I felt we... Like gave them a lot of the possession, gave away the ball quite um, stupidly at times. Um, first half wasn't great, but they came out much better in the second half, much stronger. Individuals raised their performance levels in the second half. Um, and then obviously we needed a bit of luck to, to get that goal, having l- not got the luck against um, Nottingham Forest and other teams in the league this season. We need a bit of luck. We got it with the deflection. And I think after we'd scored that goal, we seemed fairly comfortable after that. And I think, you know, three points was a fair result and a good result. And hopefully one that kickstarts our season now. Yeah. And I think you're right. We deserve a bit of luck, don't we? Especially after Nottingham Forest, which was probably one of the most unluckiest performances I've ever seen. And, you know, from my perspective, I want to try and get the right balance between honesty and positivity. And if I start with the honesty, I mean, I thought it was another poor performance, really. Okay. 
the second half was was massively improved on the first, but the first was absolutely awful. Um, now, as our captain kindly reminded us, we're not Man City, but one thing we don't do enough is keep possession. I don't know what you think about this, but time after time yesterday, we're just lumping the ball forward, hoping that Skamaka can perform miracles. And nine times out of ten, we're just giving possession straight back to them. And before you know it, we're on a back foot again. And I don't know why, not just against Villa, but generally, I don't know why we don't keep possession. And if the right ball isn't on, keep it until it is. I think, you know, we put ourselves under so much pressure. It's so frustrating to watch at times. And I, for one, felt sorry for Skamaka in that first half because he had no chance with the service he was getting. I thought Deck was poor first half, um, but improved massively in the second. Once again, Jared was off the pace. I don't know what's going on with him at the moment. And generally, going forward, there was no rhythm to our play. There was no understanding between players. Um, No one was really clicking with each other. And then, and I think you alluded to it, there's like four or five yard passes that are going astray. And I thought I thought we were poor, to be honest, on balance for the majority of the game. But in terms of the positives, Ben Rama, who's our best player at the moment, by the way, came on and changed the game. Defensively, I thought we were solid. Kurt Zuma was incredible. He was a man of the match for me. I thought he was quality. Fabianski, faultless. Kera, I thought, played really well. I like the look of him. Fulnau's great work ethic. Um, and I like the fact that we're seeing some shots from outside the box now. I think we need to do that more, in my opinion, as well. And what time Skamaker actually had on the ball, I thought was quite impressive. I thought we showed some real real signs of quality. Um, also, a much better performance from Shufal as well. I think he deserves a little shout-out. And look, it's a clean sheet. It's three points away from home. It's actually a massive win for us, that. And maybe that'll give the players the psychological boost we need going into the Tottenham game. Yeah, a couple of things now. Shifau, I think, did all right defensively. But when you talk about lumping the ball, he is the prime um, suspect of doing that. I think he's got to think, and his crossing still needs work on. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. I thought he played okay, but there's still, uh, still a couple of times he just lumps it down the line with no no sort of chance of anyone really doing anything. I think they all did in that first half, though, X, I thought. Yeah, but he wasn't even on for most of the first half. It was the second half where I was thinking he was doing that. It was... It was it was him then I felt and I felt you know I thought he didn't play awful but I just think again his distribution can improve like you said that most of them because a lot of the times we're giving the ball stupidly away um, and like I say not making short passes Thomas Suchek I, I thought he had, to, to try and balance my opinion out on Thomas Suchek I thought he played well in, in Europe on Thursday we yeah. actually had a decent game on Thursday in fairness to him but again it's funny I, I, if, like yesterday I was sat next to a bloke that's a patron this up annoyingly forgotten your name mate but a top bloke I think it might have been Johnny but I, Johnny but I might be wrong but I think it's Johnny anyway he was there with his dad got chatting to them during the game and, um, and I said to him like we were talking about Suchek and I said like he said he agreed with my points I said right just look at him for the next five minutes so we've got the ball watch where he runs and I said look this is what I mean and and he, and he was literally running where the Aston Villa players were when we had the ball and I think that kind of answers your question a little bit where you were saying why why are we unable to sort of distribute the ball properly I think we need a creative midfielder in there that can get on the ball get it on the ground and start playing the ball around correctly and making the right 
passes. Of course, one player is not going to completely change the team. But when you've got a creative player in there that can do that, people will look to give it a different outlet rather than just pumping it to Skamaka. They'll look to maybe bring him into play. And I think the perfect player for that is the signing that will hopefully be concluded today in Paqueta. Um, so, I mean, that'll be the solution to that. I do believe Thomas Suchek is still a bit of a concern from, well, not a bit of a concern, a concern in the league. But as I said, I thought he played well on Thursday, so hopefully can build on that. I agree with Ben Rama. If you was to pick Hammer of the Year today, which obviously ridiculously early, but if you did, for me, it would be him. I mean, he's been the most influential in our in our games so far. I agree with Zuma as well. I think Zuma and, as you said, uh, Kera have been brilliant, uh, were brilliant at the back, particularly Zuma in the air. Strength, read the game well. Um, so it's, it's a basis to kick on from now. We've got the three points. It's an away win. Um, you know, it's and we're in a much more comfortable position now going into that Tottenham game in terms of confidence because we've got the three points um, so let's hope I mean Tottenham is starting the season brilliantly annoyingly but let's hope we can put in a good performance against them yeah lots of questions were being asked about Moisey tactically um, especially before the game playing five at the back or three at the back depends how you want to look at it not starting Ben Rama which was a big talking point um, taking Skamaker off for Antonio rather than potentially play two up front when you're chasing a win uh, generally speaking what are your thoughts on his decision making before and during the game? Before, I can, the only thing I would question is Ben Rama, although I think that's tactical rather than based on his performance because he, he's been working towards going five at the back for pretty much all of pre-season. That's been the plan. And obviously injuries and not having the right recruitment have affected affected that. But um, I think he always wanted five at the back, so he got it. I thought that nullified them in the first half. It was important not to concede um, early because I mean that would have really affected confidence and the fans fans were already on edge you got a, a real sense that they were quite quick to criticise yesterday um, maybe rightly so but you could feel that the fans were on edge a bit so it was important to not let Aston Villa score so in that respect I think he got it right Ben Rama I thought was harsh to drop definitely and perhaps I would have played him instead of four nouns but the only and that's obviously ironic seeing as Fornells scored the winner. But the, the, the thing with um, Fornells is that he offers more defensively than Ben Rama does. So I kind of, kind of understand tactically why he did that, even though I was surprised. At the time, I didn't agree with taking Skamaker off. Like you said, I'd have put Antonio on to go alongside him rather than instead of him. And I actually would have taken Fornells off for Ben Rama. So in that respect, I, I would have called it wrong because Moyes did what he did and he got the three points and um, we, we come away happy. Um, so it's hard to criticise the manager's decisions when those decisions have ultimately contributed to us winning a game. So, yeah, with, uh, with hindsight, I guess they're the right decision. But at the time, I wasn't sure. I didn't agree with them at the time. Yeah. So, certainly the subs. Yeah, yeah. I think I agree with everything you said there. I think to give Moisey credit... I think the real skill in in-game management is being able to see maybe where you've gone wrong and then what you do about it, because that is a skill in itself. And ultimately, he has made the changes to then get the win. So how much you can knock him for actually changing the game, I don't know. You could argue that, well, if he would have done that earlier or he would have set up differently going into the game, we, we might have come away with a two or three near win. But... <laughs> You know, I know we, we we drastically improved in the second half, um, but I've said this before and I stick to it. I would rather see us play badly and win than play really well and lose. And yeah. ultimately, this could be the kickstart 
of our season getting back on track. And I also think it's important to note that, you know, Paqueta, if he comes, is going to be our eighth signing. I know Forrest have had nearly double that, but typically eight new players coming through the door, eight new characters coming through the door. It, I think we're probably going to have to give them a bit of time to gel as people as well, as friends, as a group, not just on the pitch. Um, and I think that's been lacking a little bit. Obviously, we've had characters, big characters leave the football club. Um, and I think for different reasons, alongside the fact that we are probably still a bit hung over from a really successful campaign last season, it's been a bit of a struggle for us. But I'm hoping that this win will kickstart us now because it, it even if you play badly just to come away with a clean sheet picks the defenders up and the keeper up if you score it picks us up from an attacking perspective and if you win it picks the whole club up so you'd like to think that that might give us a bit of confidence and momentum going into the Tottenham game um I want to ask you about Jared Bowen what what is the problem with him at the moment X in your opinion um, I'm he's just going to. He's been consistently good for West Ham, hasn't he? But this yeah. season, he seems to be consistently bad, and I, I don't know what's happening with him. Yeah, um, I don't think there's anything other, than, well, as far as I'm aware, other than just poor form. I, I don't think there's anything more. I've not heard there be anything more. Of course, there was talk that Arsenal was showing an interest in him um, in the summer, and there's also been talk that Liverpool have been showing an interest, and perhaps, and this is just speculation, not fact, perhaps when he was at England, um, which he obviously was at the end of last season, perhaps he's had his head turned a little bit, but that, that's just me speculating. As far as I know, there is nothing other than just poor form at the moment and you know he did score in Europe in the first leg it was a good goal um, maybe maybe he's just needed a bit of time to sort of get up and running again from last season and hopefully hopefully he'll start that against Tottenham yeah I mean we often talk about Thomas Suchek's form um, not just after four or five games but really you know you're talking a good season and a bit now and we speak about how we think that he should be dropped. How far do you think Jared is away from looking at being dropped? Because he is a quality, quality player. He's one of our biggest players. So with a player like that, have they earned the right to have that little bit more patience? And if so, how much patience do you give him? Is it a run of 10 games without form, 15, 20? At what point do you drop one of your best players because he just ain't playing to his potential? Yeah, it's a tough one because, like you say, he's one of our best players. And at the moment, what you could do as an alternative, which we've not been able to do for two odd years, is put Antonio back to his actual, you know, career longest position as a right winger. You know, you could always put him there instead of Bowen and drop Bowen. I think, I think for me, you start Bowen against Tottenham and you start him against Chelsea. And if you've still got two um, poor performances out of those games, then you have to think about changing it and you have to think maybe you could put um like i said antonio there you could play um maybe even for nails on that side or ben rama on that side to cut in um but yeah i think you, you've got to try and hope because of the player we know he can be and has been for large 95 percent of his career at west ham i think you've got to give him two more at least two more games and then address the situation from there mm. Well, massive game on Wednesday against Totscum. Um, what changes would you make and how would you set up for that? Um, 
it's a tricky one. Obviously, if Paqueta's available, um, which I'm hoping he is. Obviously, I'll talk more about this in my update. Then you've got a decision there is very, very, very rare. Let's be honest that Moyes will bring in um, a new player it's like that. But I'd be tempted to. I think it would give the crowd a massive buzz. Um, and I think it would be, and I think he's exactly what we need. So I would be tempted to revert back to four at the back, um, four, five, one, and have Paqueta uh, sort of sitting just behind Skamaka. Um, and I'd have Antonio on the bench again because I feel like Antonio made an impact. I'd then, by doing that, bring Ben Rama into the starting 11. I mean, the problem you've got is that both Cresswell and Johnson, and again, this is in my section, but they sustained injuries um, against uh, Villa. So without knowing their situation, that's going to affect things. But obviously, if you lose both of them, you're pretty much forced to play for at the back anyway because you're going to have to put um, you're going to have to put uh, Emerson at, at left back um, without Cresswell and then you have to put Shafal at right back and then you've only got um, Keller uh, and um, Zuma as your centre-backs so I think you'd go 4-5-1 against Tottenham and then see where we are there in terms of fitness and injuries and, and availability yeah. I mean, if there was the option to play five at the back, how do you feel generally about playing five at the back at home? Do you think that's quite a negative approach? I think it is in some ways, and I never used to like that formation. You know, whenever I hear of teams playing five at the back, my instant thought is that's negative, that's defensive. But it depends which way you look at it, because you can say it's five at the back when they're defending, but then you can say it's three at the back when they're attacking. And, and so it does depend how transitional the fullbacks, the wingbacks are in that in that formation. But... I actually, with the players we've got, it just makes me feel a little bit more solid with five at the back. And I think we're not the sort of team that dominates possession. We haven't been for a number of years now. We sort of hit teams on counter-attacks and we get goals. But often when you look at, and I'm not a massive fan of stats, but often when you look at possession stats, our possession is lower than the opposition, even when we win games. So I think by having five at the back, that, that means that even if we don't have possession it's a lot harder for the opposition to break through um so i'm not against it i do think i like the idea of what happened at aston villa that you maybe start with five at the back and then obviously if you're chasing goals and you need to get goals then you revert to four and you and you change it around but i think stopping the opposition scoring early on is a is a real good strategy for us at the moment and so i if he did play five at the back, I don't think he'll be able to. But let's just say he did. I wouldn't be moaning on Twitter about it. I would understand. Mm. I think from my perspective, when you play at home, and of course, there has to be a little bit of leniency when it comes to who you're actually playing, because that dictates sometimes tactically how you approach a game. If you're playing one of the big boys and they are a, a superior side like Man City, for example, you might want to start with five at the back. But personally at home, I'd, I'd rather see us start with four at the back and then get into the lead and then as the game closes out look at look at going to five at the back personally um but as you say it looks like he spent a lot of pre-season focusing on the five and you know by signing care as another top player he hasn't come to sit on the bench so when a guard's fit it looks like those are going to be the three center halves otherwise one of them's going to have to sit out and i can't imagine they'd be happy about it so i think we'll see five at the back a lot more this season and um not really sure how I feel about that, to be honest. So time will tell. I mean, talking about Wednesday, it is a massive game. Are you confident? 
no, not confident, no. Uh, I think we'll have a good game. I don't think we'll get battered. Um, I think we'll be in the game, definitely, 100%. Um, I feel like Tottenham have started the season really, really well. Um, and that and that is a bit of a you know concern for me in that respect. I mean, you know, they're seeing third in the league. They've won their first three, uh, won three out of their first four games. Um, so... Yeah, Kane started the season well. You know, usually it takes a bit of time to get going, but he's obviously scoring goals. So I um I think I think it's gonna be a tough game, don't get me wrong, but whenever we play Tottenham, we seem to be able to raise our game. So I'm hoping, hoping that we'll do that tomorrow. And as I say, I mean the signing of Paqueta potentially could be um could be massive in terms of that um that sort of momentum and that feel good factor. So if we get him over the line, which um looks like we will today, then I think that'll be huge going into that game. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. And do you know what? On that note, you can't knock the bold, can you? Whether you're bald in or bald out, they really have invested. And Don't back say too boys. much on this because this is a question in the final section. But, oh, okay. but, yeah, but yeah, it's something to something that we definitely need to discuss because like you say, the board get a lot of stick and in order yep. to be a balanced podcast which we pride ourselves on being i think it's fair to acknowledge that you cannot say they haven't backed um whoever it may be moyes newman themselves whoever it is they're putting the final mark on these transfers they've definitely backed whoever it is and financially i'd like to see the final figures at the end of the window but i saw a stat the other day and it put us about sixth in the whole of the world in terms of of net spend this window you know you're talking like you know with the likes of manchester city spending all that on Haaland and liverpool spending all that on nunez and you know manchester united needing to buy players and you know psg being in that mix and newcastle with all their money so you know it's definitely worth revisiting that stat at the end and i think the board would it would be unfair i saw a guy called Ferrum hammer on twitter who is like the most staunch board hater I've ever known and like the stuff he comes out with is very very critical of the board and very um, suspicious of them as well and sometimes you know I think some of the things he says there's probably a bit of ground behind them but um, actually this he said that if the board buy Paqueta then he will put his hands up and say that it's been a good window for them and fair play to them. And I think that's a mark of if he's prepared to do that, then I think the majority of fans would be happy to accept that, yes, they have backed them, backed the manager this window. Mm, interesting. And uh, I didn't know a question was coming up about it, so we'll talk about this in more detail later on. Mm. Uh, but going back to the Tottenham game, yeah, I think confident is a very strong word. And obviously when you play Tottenham, you, you kind of live in hope because of the hatred we have for them. But uh, maybe naively, but I, I think we'll win, you know. I think the Villa game really could be quite telling in terms of our confidence and and uh, and a bit of momentum going into this game because obviously it's on the back of two straight wins now. Um, and, and like you say, we always seem to turn it on against them. We're at home and uh, I, I don't know what it is. And maybe um, it's just a foreign body has entered my brain and it's just making me think a little bit too optimistically about the Tottenham game. But I do fancy us. I do fancy us. So, I don't know. Let's see. But the win at Villa Park was our second in a row because on Thursday we qualified for the group stages of the Conference League with a really comfortable performance. What did you make of our time in Denmark? 
Oh, mate, loved it. Loved it. Yeah, that was a brilliant time in Denmark from start to finish. You know, it was a, a quality, yet another quality um, European away day. You know, we, I think Denmark's a lovely country. I have been there before, so I knew that before I went, but it reaffirmed it to me the second time I'd been. Though it's a great country. The people are incredibly friendly, um, incredibly um, hospitable. Um, I think the, the cities that we visited, um, obviously, uh, Viborg and uh, ironically Silkborg and the cities that we have visited um, were you know really clean really nice really like like even, do you remember we were in both cities we were like they almost had like a, a no noise rule they were just so quiet <laughs> yeah that was they? weird that wasn't yeah, it it's so peacefully quiet in these towns and um, yeah I just um, I just really really enjoyed it and then obviously we met some quality people out there I mean I'd like to <clears throat> give a shout out to the ticket lads that we were talking to quite for quite a bit um on the first day joe's one of them and reese is the other is that right mate in terms yep. of names yep. yeah both of them absolutely really lovely lovely fellas and uh, you know we gave them a bit of stick after um uh, the Frankfurt game, um, <laughs> and in fairness, especially Joe took the stuff that we'd said really well. And when you know we didn't know him as a person at that point, and then when we met him in person, lovely fella as well as uh, Reese as well. Um, and so really good to get to know them. And then yeah, met some other quality people out in Denmark, like West Ham supporters as well. And uh, yeah, just a, a brilliant, brilliant time, brilliant time. Yeah, it was a great one, wasn't it? I mean, our European exploits in terms of going away really started at Seville, didn't it? And I think we yeah. we looked at um, what our top trips were in Alder since we've been doing these European tours. So obviously it's in Alder, I think it would have been Seville uh, in terms of order of when we actually went. Seville, Leon, Frankfurt and Viborg, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, and we put Viborg number two behind Seville. Yeah, uh, so it and it's just... very close to Seville as well. Very close. I think what just tipped it over the edge for for Seville was firstly it was a bigger game and it was a bigger ground, so the actual match mm. experience was a bit more interesting. I mean, we we battered Viborg and it was like a tiny little ground and stuff. So in terms of that, and I think the weather always helps. Whilst it was good weather in Denmark, obviously it was like it was whatever it was February March time. We went to Seville. We've been used to the shitty english winter weather and then yeah. we get like the sun of spain again and that was you know that helped and just because it was such a quality city um and obviously viborg whilst it was a nice town wasn't didn't quite have the facilities of uh of seville but yeah i think it gives seville a run for its money definitely i'd put it as a, a solid second place definitely yeah yeah, same. We agreed on that. I mean, Firebog's a really pretty place and everyone, like you say, was so friendly. And I mean, everyone. I mean, even even their fans, um, with the odd exception, and I do mean the odd exception, something you witnessed uh, outside the hotel, but I thought they were really good. The staff, wherever you went in a hotel or restaurants, they were really good. Everyone's English was pretty much perfect, better than mine, to be fair, yeah. uh, which don't take a lot of effort. Um, <laughs> but just freakishly clean as well. The streets, you know, I didn't see any graffiti, any litter. It, some of the streets look brand new. And it just it's just a lovely, lovely experience. But I want to paint a bit of a <laughs> a bit of a bigger picture when X talks about Joe, right? Because some of you <laughs> might remember the podcast we did after the game. I thought it was Leon, actually, but you're saying it's Frankfurt. Um, it was wherever we struggled to get tickets, which I think was Frankfurt, wasn't it? You couldn't get your ticket. Right. Okay, so, yeah. And so I, I dramas yeah. with, with Nicola at the door. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then one of the people 
<laughs> one of the people we spoke about was someone I described as a fat Michael Antonio, 10 <laughs> years post-retirement, right? Well, as X said, we're in Viborg. We're on our way to collect the tickets, thinking, fucking how much aggro is this going to be now? And we've seen him in the street. Now, I've only ever seen this fella sitting down, right? This was the first time I'd seen him standing up, and fuck me, this geezer is massive. Right? <laughs> I mean, I'm six foot four and 18 stone, but look like a fucking stick insect next to this geezer, right? <laughs> Who we now know as Joe Benjamin, and a lot of people at West Ham know him, right? And Joe's heard X's voice and straight away said, you did a podcast, didn't you? Which one of you called me the fat Michael Antonio, right? Well, within a fucking heartbeat, X said, wasn't me, mate. <laughs> so, <laughs> only two yeah. to do the podcast, so he's, he's instantly thrown me under a bus. And to right? be fair, this is the second time it was it was you that said it, and this is the second time this has happened because I had to have Julian Dix on the hunt for me because it's, uh, because it's something you said. So I was like, fucking hell, Julian Dix wants to beat me up, and now a massive like, bloke wants to beat me up as well for something I haven't said. Uh, so I was like, fuck this, fuck this. I, I organise everything for these trips. You're taking this <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> and yeah. I can tell to be fair to him, and I can tell he was taking it in decent, like jest as well. If he'd like pulled out a blade or something and said, <laughs> "Which one of you said it?" I'm like, "I'm just going to throw you under the bus." But yeah, because... I mean, to be fair, at that point though, when he asked the question, I don't think I was overly sure as to how it was going to go. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking, "Fucking, we're going to get ironed out here at that point." But actually, like you said, X, he was brilliant. And uh, and luckily, he found it hilarious. And he said that ever since that show, he's now known as the fat Antonio in the office. And uh, and I've got to say, him and Reese were brilliant. Quality banter from start to finish. And uh, we got to live <laughs> we got to live another day. But um, the next day, we had some time to kill and was thinking of, of going to Aarhus, right? In the middle of our street. Um, but, but it wasn't, it was too far away. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the problem. So we thought we'd struggle for time. So X did a bit of research and said, why don't we go to a, a place called Silkborg, which is a neighbouring town to Viborg. And they actually have a bigger football club there. So we went there and walked around the town centre for a bit. Again, lovely, really, really nice. And then we had a look at their football stadium. Now, everyone's seen the video, so we don't have to go into the specifics of it. But ultimately, for those that haven't seen it, we're walking around, just like we did at Celtic Park, and uh, we're looking to find a way in, illegally, really. You know, it's trespassing. No one's allowed to go into a football stadium before a game. But we're walking around, putting all these door handles, and we knew that none of them would be open. And then we get to what I thought was probably the last one, and fuck me, it opened. And uh, if you haven't seen the video, you want to go on Patreon and, and, and have a look at it, because it was hilarious. But you know what, X, talking of hilarious, I literally cannot believe we then go on to draw this team in the group stages of the Conference League. I mean, what are the odds? It's incredible, oh, mate, isn't it? Mate, it's incredible. I've never heard of them. I've no. never heard of them before you suggested we, we go there for a few hours. Well, I had heard of them, but only because of championship manager and signing players that were, you know, oh, really? high potential. Yeah, so I knew of Silkball because of because of championship manager, but I couldn't say I knew your football manager. I couldn't say I knew too much about them beyond that. But when, um, obviously, when the, well, I remember saying to you at the airport, I had a load 
kind of Danish coins. And I don't know if any of you have seen Danish coins. Firstly, Denmark doesn't use the euro, which I'm sure most people know, but they have their own currency. And we never really knew what the conversion rate was, did we? So we were never no. quite sure exactly what Still we were done. paying for things. No. And then they've got these coins and they're like normal coins. So they've got like a silver coin that's got a hole in the middle, like like almost like a polo. Obviously the hole's a bit smaller than that, but it's, uh, it's, it's a bit weird. And I had them in my pocket as we went to the airport. And usually at this point, because I'm never going to use them again, you stick them in like the nearest charity box or you just give them to someone and say, yeah, mate, take these. I'm not going to be able to use them or whatever. Um, and uh, I said to you, didn't I? I said, I'm going to just hold on to these just on a slim chance we draw them in the next in the next round. Yeah. And, and then could you believe it? I've got my Danish, Danish currency ready to go and we're booked up for uh, Silkborg the sequel. <laughs> it's unbelievable. We must remember our media passes. Yeah, exactly. Now. Yeah, definitely. And those, <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, we should even might even be worth speaking to boys because we felt the pitch. We realised how hard the ball was. I mean, from an insider's point of view, now that pitch is going to be a bit challenging to West Ham because oh, yeah. it, it is artificial and it is hard, and the ball is going to bounce significantly higher than it does in a on a grass pitch so i think um, i think it was a, a little bit of a, an insight there but uh yes yeah, so we know exactly where silkborg is now so um we're gonna stay in our house and i've uh in the middle of our street yeah and i've volunteered to drive us to and from the game uh, because we're only going to stay there for the for the for the night because we've already done Denmark. Um, obviously, we've got the three dayers in Bucharest and Brussels, but but for that one, we're going to uh, do that. And um, and I know exactly where to go. I know exactly what facilities are these. <laughs> and it was Silver. I think we'll try and park in that car park that we did before if we can as well. And so yes, uh, yeah, it's yeah. quite quite a good little recce for us, really. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was unbelievable. And, you know, to put it in the context, again, for those that didn't see the video, we literally got onto the pitch and stood in the centre circle. I mean, no one was saying anything. They did eventually when they clocked us. When we when we really decided to take the piss and start to go down the uh, the tunnel for the changing rooms, we got pulled then. But, um, I mean, I think we've possibly got the opposite problem to what you're saying about the ball. Because from my experience of being on the pitch, I thought it was unbelievably spongy that didn't replicate real real grass for me because with real grass underneath that you've typically got solid turf with this the grass seems to be longer than normal grass and i thought it was a bit like marshmallowy so i i agree with you i think it's going to be challenging to play on a pitch like that and i don't know how much of an advantage it would give someone like silk ball so again time will tell but uh it was an incredible experience really really good are you happy about the draw when you look at the teams we've got um, I would have been happier if we hadn't have got Anderlecht. Whilst I think that's a good draw, but I don't know if you remember when watching it, they weren't actually meant to be in our group. Yeah, what, what was going on there? They literally skipped <clears throat> our group, didn't they, at yeah, one point? it was because it's all a knock-on effect of the Champions League draw and what times and teams are playing on what days. And there's like a whole sort of complicated formula behind when people can play them and when they can't. Unfortunately, I guess because another Belgian team perhaps is playing on the... On the same day in the Champions League or something like that, they had to move <clears throat> and because I think I can't remember the first team, but I think it was Shamrock Rovers, the second team. And I mean, uh, no disrespect to them, you'd much rather fancy your chances against them than Andalette. I mean, that said, we should have enough to beat those teams anyway. If we're going to have any chance of, of winning this, you know, you'd, you'd think. If Viborg or anything to go by, Silkborg would be two two um, wins, so six points. Um, you'd you'd like to think we could beat Bucharest and um, 
uh, whatever they're called now. They're not. St- they used to be Stout Bucharest, whatever they're called now. Um, and and elect at home. So if we did, if we did that, we'll have enough to get through. But um, yeah, it could have been worse. You know, we we avoided Fiorentina. They're probably the biggest team we could have played. We avoided Nice. You know, Nice would have been a reasonably tough game. We avoided a couple of the German sides. So I think on the whole, it's a decent draw. And if we can't get through that group. Well, then we don't really deserve to win it. So I think I think we should be fine. And as I say, I'm looking forward to the away days. Uh, admittedly, whilst it's, it's hilarious that we're going back to Denmark, I like to see somewhere different maybe, but it is what it is. Um, Brussels I've been to before, but um, only briefly. So it'd be nice to see that city properly. And I've never been to Bucharest. I'm excited about that one. Mm, absolutely. And, uh, you know, being a massive animal lover like I am, Apparently, Romania is overrun with stray dogs. So I think we're going to spend most of my time sort of deliberating whether to bring 20 dogs home with me, which I'm told <laughs> is a difficult process on a plane. So that's <laughs> when we come to it. Uh, but yeah. no, some, some cracking days in the diary there, 100%. Okay, it's that time again. When you love riding a motorcycle, you want to ride it everywhere, even getting a dental checkup. Mr. Carter, wouldn't you prefer the chair? I'm fine on my bike, Doc. Well, let me know if you feel any discomfort. And when you love saving money, you want to save even more. That's why GEICO makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance. All done, Mr. Carter. Remember to brush, floss, and lubricate your drive chain regularly. Kickstart your savings with GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love. It's Macy's Labor Day sale, so gear up as summer cools down with 30% off timeless looks from Levi's and specials like 30 to 50% off statement-making shoes for her and 60% off luggage from Samsonite and more. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and get an extra 20% off more great deals. Plus, Star Rewards members can earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Going on now. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.